Jesus. I say you are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. We ask that you reveal to us, Lord God, just how worthy you are. We ask that you reveal to us, Lord Jesus, just how valuable you are. Reveal yourself to us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So sorry, um, traffic is, I don't know what's happening on the road. It happened on Thursday happened today it was crazy today um no matter which way you try to go around go underneath the bridge on top of the bridge around the bridge <laughs> i felt some people that tried dodging it the smarter you were the trouble you got into i saw some people going around i was wondering why next thing when i finished crossing the bridge i now saw the people that <laughs> were in front of me before <laughs> hallelujah amen thank you jesus um you know, in your Christian walk, we have sacrifices that we offer to the Lord. Amen. As priests, after the order of Melchizedek, we have sacrifices we offer unto the Lord. And you would discover in, um, if you read the scriptures, the Old Testament, you see that priesthood has almost like requirements. Amen. There's these measurements that are given. Amen. You would see when God would tell Moses to build a tabernacle. He told him to build exactly according to the pattern, right? Hallelujah. You would see when God gave Noah instructions. He gave him numbers. Amen. There are measurements. Hallelujah. And those numbers, they're not literal um, to us right now. They were literal for them right at that point in time-ish. Amen. But they were a picture of the precision of God. Amen. There is a, a measure of worship you ought to offer to God. Amen. There is a way you ought to respond to God at different points in time. Amen. And those measurements, hallelujah, they are meant to be dished out to us. Hallelujah. For this reason, there are, um, there are creatures, amen, angels of God, that their names are those measurements. Does that make sense? You see an angel, the name is, or there's an angelic community that surrounds the throne of God. Their name is 10,000 times 10,000. You've seen that before in the scriptures, right? There's angels, their names are, hallelujah, uh, um, thousands upon thousands, hallelujah. Some angels, um, you'd see um, reference to, you know, the demonic side of things. Some angels, some creatures are called 7,000. Some of them are called, um, I can't remember the name of that creature, the destroyer in Revelations chapter, is it 13? No, Revelation chapter nine, there we go, hallelujah. Some are, um, one is 666, amen? Hallelujah. All of these things speak of a degree or intensity, amen, of unveiling of God. When this creature is present, that's an operation of the Holy Spirit, amen? But when that measure is present, you're able to give God this much worship. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So as we're declaring that, Lord, you are worthy, there are these measurements, of the unveiling of God we ought to come into. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So can we shut our eyes? Amen. 
And let's just under our breaths just say, we fill up the measure by your spirit, by your grace, we respond to you, Lord Jesus, as we ought to. The Bible says, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. There is a rent that is due. There is a payment. There is a price. There is a measure. There is a sacrifice. And you cannot offer unto God that sacrifice unless he has been revealed to you. There is a measure of the unveiling of God that you are meant to come into this season that would make you bring forth unto God that measure. I want us to ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, I want to fill up that measure by your spirit. I fill up the measure by your spirit. What you're saying is, Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me so that I can, re I can fill up that measure. There is a way Jesus will reveal himself to you that the next, the next few weeks you will not know sleep. Your bed will just know tears. Why? There is a measure of the unveiling of Jesus Christ that has come to you. That's measure, that's number, that's measurement. We fill it up. Whether it is 10,000 cubits, whether it is 30,000 cubits, whether it's 144,000, we fill up the measure by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Oh God of precision, we thank you, Lord God. A new season has been opened unto us, Lord Jesus, even at this time. And Lord Jesus, there are measurements, there are numbers. Lord Jesus, there, there is precision we are meant to come into you by your spirit. We come into Lord Jesus fulfillment in the name of Jesus. We come into fullness in the name of Jesus. We come into precision in the name of Jesus. We say our cups overflow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. No, we're not going to be agberos. We're not going to be um, 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 local um, artisans, Lord Jesus. We're going to build according to the pattern, Lord Jesus. So we ask you for an unveiling, Lord Jesus. I love this wallpaper. Thank you for the unveiling, Lord Jesus. Let the heavens open, Lord God, that we might see clearly, Lord Jesus. And bring you the glory due your name. You are worthy, O Lord. Worthy is your name, Lord Jesus. You deserve the praise. You deserve the worship. You deserve the nights. You deserve the fasting, Lord Jesus. Oh, what a blessing that we would know how worthy you are. What a blessing that we would know how worthy you are, how beautiful you are. That sacrifice, Lord Jesus, that consecration, Lord Jesus, that decision, Lord Jesus. What a blessing that we would know. Thank you, spirits of counsel, for instructing us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I think this is my first PhD in a year now. I think it's about a year now, yes. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Pastor Francis sends his greetings. Soon, hallelujah. Then I'll run back to where I usually hang out. Amen. <laughs> um, okay, no, there's a Daniel Camp. I remember there's a Daniel Camp. I, I, oh my, because Daniel Campers were around. During the Watch Prophetic Conference, um, Pastor Douglas was ministering and he was saying some things that were very powerful. And at one point in time, I was, I was doing technical stuff. I was on a computer. I think I was moving SD card files on through SD cards to hard drives or something. And this angel walked into the room. Now, normally when that happens or whatever, I engage subconsciously as in while I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm rumbling in my heart. But the angel demanded like my attention, if that makes sense. And it got really strong, really strong. Probably more weighted than I've ever experienced before. It's just that the way you were last year and this year are completely different, right? Hallelujah. But I know the weights of that thing. I know that if that happened to me a year before, I'd have been shouting on the floor screaming. Amen. Um... And what the angel came to do was to show something. Um, that angel came and said something. I want to show you who your enemy is. When you understand what your enemy is or who your enemy is, you will love your brother and your sister in Christ. Amen. And, you know, if you study the scriptures, give me 1 Peter chapter 3. As concerning our priest, I'm, I'm continuing for where Papa stopped last week. Amen or different points that he, he laid emphasis to. I love this picture of the open heavens, amen? Um, you know, when the scriptures say the heavens were open and I saw someone coming down from the heavens, prophetically, that's what happens. But in reality, the heavens that open up is actually you, amen? I remember one time out, we're leading, I think it was 3 p.m. watch, and someone said he saw an angel. I was praying, I felt something was, oftentimes in prayer, you perceive something in the spirit that you want to birth, amen? And then you begin to travail intensely to bring it out. But I didn't have enough strength, so I was praying, praying, praying. I'll rest for a while. I'll get strength again. Pray, 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 pray. And then someone saw me, and they said they saw someone was coming out of my, out of my tummy, like trying to squeeze themselves out. And that's when I realized that, oh, wow, the language of birthing and travailing, amen, and bringing forth is not so far away from the truth, Amen. We're meant to actually bring forth, amen. Welcome, mama. The one that brought me forth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I discovered that, oh, yes, this is actually what happens, amen. Into the room. The angel actually came out from you if you were engaging the Lord or if, if it's through your heart that um, that operation of God, you know, came through or, or trafficked. Hallelujah. And so oftentimes I've begun to realize that, oh, wow, I am actually walking, will I say portal, door, airport, amen? Sorry? Test, yes, yes, yeah, tabernacle, that's right. I'm a, I'm a portal, yes, I'm a door, amen? Through me, amen, angels of God will ascend and descend. Hallelujah. So that's a wonderful picture. I love that picture right there, amen? So I'm just saying this so that when we see all these things, amen, we can interpret them accurately. And not look up into the sky and expect Jesus Christ to come in the clouds. Amen. Where is he coming from? From me. Amen. Side note, um, I, you know, during word for now, I mentioned how the last place, the last of the bowls of wrath is poured out is in the air. If you check the scriptures, all the bowls of wrath, they came out from the church. Amen. That is such a fascinating statement. So from the church, from the people of God. Amen. The glory of God to keep on pouring out until Jesus Christ himself comes out physically. Isn't that so interesting? 
So literally, it gets so intense. And I know it's going to happen corporately. So glue will be pouring out from you, from me, all of us together. And it gets so strong and so intense. I believe that after a while, we start seeing physical things, man. You know when gold dust and all these little things happen? Amen. I saw gold dust last night. Amen. But um, when it begins to manifest, amen, that's just a small token. You're meant to bring forth an entire person. If I were to bring forth almighty God, amen, he's meant to walk through us. Hallelujah. I just think that's incredible, amen, that we get to even right now in our little exercise, amen, I'm making it seem like it's so small, amen, a little exercising ourselves, amen, we get to experience or foretaste all of these things. Hallelujah. Um, yes, First Peter chapter 3. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that in, if any obey not the word, they also might obey without the word, be won over by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair, of wearing gold, putting on apparel. Next page. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price for after this manner in the old time the holy women also who trusted in god adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands even as sarah obeyed abraham calling him lord whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement next page likewise you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge another translation says with understanding giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Hallelujah. You know, um, something very interesting is when you see, there was a, there's a story I told once before. Two men of God were praying. One man was praying. They'd be praying for several, um, for a long period of time. And this is important. It's part of the process. But I want to point out something. I'm just using this as an illustration, okay? I'm not condemning other activity. I just want to point out something. He'd been praying for a very long time. I think about a few years for his community. And he would travail and pray all night and... Um, Etc. Etc. And then one specific day, um, the Spirit of God, you know, got him out of his, I think maybe he was asleep or something, woke him up and told him, go outside to your front door right now and begin to declare out loud what everything that you want in your community. Amen. And so he responded. Amen. He went out and he began to declare, I don't want crime in this place. I want this. I want this. I want that. And over the space of a week, from the very next day, over the space of a week, he began to see all the different things that he declared happening tangibly, like very, very clear display of a shift that took place, not just in the spirit, amen, when you feel a shift. That's powerful, amen? But when you see the shift manifest physically, that's serious, right? He saw the shift manifest physically. And so he was very shocked, like, ah, this is incredible. I've been praying for a long time. What was so significant about that night? Amen? So he began to ask the Lord, like, Lord Jesus, what exactly happened? Why was it that? praying for years what about that night was so special you know the lord told him he said my servant my son specifically lesser sumrall was passing by amen so because lesser sumrall was passing by what happened there was like an open door right an open portal hallelujah and through that open door that open portal what happened his prayers were no longer hindered amen um, I'm going to um, borrow some imagery used in the book of Daniel chapter 10 when Daniel was interceding for 21 days. Remember that story? And he said that the prince of Persia withstood me. I'm going to establish some context here. Amen. As a believer, no prince of Persia can with, with, withstand you unless you allow them to. Does that make sense? 
So we are the ones that give whatever we want to Satan. I like what someone once said. He said, the masquerade pursuing you in your dreams at night is your own ignorance. Amen? If you want to beat the masquerade, beat up the ignorance. In other words, once the ignorance has been dissolved, the masquerade cannot chase you any longer. Amen? In fact, I dare say that for almost everything in your Christian walk. The cancer eating your body, amen? The poverty affecting you, amen? The whatever situation it might be, it's some kind of ignorance somewhere. Amen? Deal with that ignorance. Just that sometimes... It's not information that heals that ignorance, right? It's revelation. Amen? That's opening of the heavens thing. This thing right here. Hallelujah. But make no mistake. It is because of ignorance. Amen? There's portions of your soul that are not in agreement or do not believe, have not accepted. Amen? Some things that the Bible refers to as truth. Amen? And so because of this, that veil, that darkness, amen, is energizing, fueling, amen? That's a masquerade that's chasing you. Ever have those dreams where you're trying to run? And you know, like in all these movies, when they show you like the bad guy is really strong, you are running with all of your energy and the bad guy is just walking slowly. <laughs> you're still running. But as you're running, notice that you're not really moving forward. <laughs> but every step this guy is taking, <laughs> he's flying towards you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know what's energizing <laughs> that bad guy? <laughs> your ignorance amen so ignorance is not a joke as funny as what my this story is amen ignorance you're taking very seriously hallelujah so as a child of god amen irrespective of whatever thing you're dealing with amen there is no don't think about it. you're seated where in heavenly places is there any gap between your where you're seated where where is the prince of persia <laughs> underneath your feet right and is god is it that you're in heavenly place and God is now in the depths of hell? You're seated with Christ, right? For the Bible says you're hidden with Christ in God. Amen? So when you're looking for the God you want fellowship with, amen, the Prince of Persia cannot be in between you and God unless you allow him. Amen? Now, because you are on the earth, amen, you are going to have that interference take place. Amen? Because, you know, we have, um, as a human being, you find yourself relating with many environments simultaneously, Right? your physical environment, your spiritual environment, amen, your own internal environment, amen, your soul's, amen, environment, amen. You can be having a wonderful spiritual experience and you're being distracted physically, right? Meanwhile, you're seated in heavenly, who knows what I'm saying, amen? And so um, because of that, that is the only way that you can have any interference. But once you heal, once you allow that ignorance of where you're seated to be, amen, that ignorance to be dissolved, then there will be no <laughs> hallelujah. But I want to borrow that image of the Prince of Persia, amen, to illustrate something. Come on. Yes. There we go. When that obstruction was removed, amen, by the presence of Michael the archangel, amen, the prince that stands for, the, um, for God's people, the nation of, of, of Israel, hallelujah. When that um, hindrance was um, successfully removed then that answer to daniel's prayers could flow through is everyone seeing that picture there of how some things can be hindrances amen so that's why i saying all of these things that man that was praying for several nights and lester sumrall if mr sumrall gives one word the weight of that word that he gives is like a thousand nights of this guy amen 
That tells me something. There is a way to pray efficiently. Does that make sense? It's not just the length of prayer per se, but the, there's some things that can hinder your prayer. So if you remove these things, give me that, that first Peter chapter three again. It is like the heavens are open. Again, it's not the heavens above your head. Amen. It is you expressing your life, right? Next page. Yes. Um, the page before. Give me just verse 7 alone. I've, I've read through all of this already, so we can just read verse 7. Okay. Dwell, husbands likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Amen? So in the place of stretch prayers, amen, in the place of consistent prayers, amen, we want to make sure that we are being very efficient. You know what efficiency means? If you keep on, we have, um, whatchamacallit, we have an accountant um, or in, um, in the office, and every year he does like this beautiful thing, like assessment of expenses and different things. And he'll make, do some analysis and be like, huh, we're spending so much money on, on diesel. If we invest a decent chunk of money in solar power, we could save this much money on a year-to-year -year basis. Does that make sense? And so because of that, if you look at the decisions being made, they might look like you're spending a lot of money now. Ah, just buy diesel, small now. No, 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 no. You're looking at something that needs to be taken care of. This solar energy, once we get, once we pay this sum of money, we have unlimited, basically unlimited energy after this. And so because of that, we don't have to be spending this reoccurring cost of buying diesel, amen, and even servicing the generator, because that also takes money, right? So with all of that, you can save a lot of money, and because of that, you find a more efficient use of your money, right? It's like you have um, an axe, and you're trying to use the axe to cut down a tree. The wisdom will tell you, sharpen the axe, right? That's Ecclesiastes, right? Wisdom is profitable to direct. Hallelujah. So in your Christian walk, you find that, even if you look at our ancestors, amen, they discovered some practices that made their lives very, very powerful, that made their words very, very powerful, amen? And it is these things I want to hit at here. Hallelujah. I believe when that angel came out, I was making reference to your teaching, sir, during the conference. So when you came, I was like, let's come to bear witness to <laughs> Hallelujah. We receive witnesses, amen? <laughs> Cloud of witnesses in the, in the physical land. In the body, out of the body, with all of them. Amen. So when that entity came in, he said that, I'm going to restate that phrase again, okay? I will show you who your enemy is, who your true enemy is. You know, when you know who your enemy is, you can hit it right on the head, right? And end. The issue many Christians have is not really that Satan is powerful. Amen. It is a perspective or discernment issue. It's still that same ignorance thing. The tools that we use to, to fight our enemy, the enemy defines himself for us and he shows us how to defeat him. So when you respond, I want to solve my problem, you pick up his tool that he gave you to beat the enemy that he has shown you. <laughs> so because of that, you find yourself hitting something. <laughs> and it is the way this thing works. Who's ever seen those videos of believers 
sweeping away their demons. Amen? Now, make no mistake, if God gave you that instruction prophetically, that is a powerful act you're doing. But if God did not give you, I can assure you, all you're doing is cleaning your church, which is a good practice. <laughs> you want the house of God clean, amen? So I want to encourage you, if you are working in the sanitary department, <laughs> to watch those videos. Apart from that, you should not be watching. There's no inspiration to do anything, amen? What is happening there? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. An ineffective tool for the problem, right? The enemy is not the sand in your church. Amen. What is the issue? Maybe that's a prophetic gesture that God gave someone that you need to clean up your heart. But he took it literally and started what? Sweeping the floor. Hallelujah. You know the church is the ground and the pillow of truth. So they started sweeping the ground. Next thing you see them wiping the pill. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Can you, <laughs> can you put the scripture back on the screen? Hallelujah. We want to be efficient. Amen. We want to be precise. Hallelujah. We want to hit, hit these targets dead between the eyes. I'm going to say something I think is very important. I've, I've found a lot of grace here. When I say grace, I don't mean I'm work, walking in it per se or whatever. I've been finding a lot of Whenever I lean my heart in his direction, I feel the pleasure of the Lord. Does that make sense? That's what I mean by what I just said. Recently, I've been finding intercession for people to be a, a place of a lot of strength. I'll just pick someone in the room. Maybe we're praying corporately or what. I'll just pick someone and begin to pray everything I've been, I heard taught upon that person. And when I do that, ah! Like when I, when I say this word, super, super. <laughs> It's not, it's that, I think that's the angel of that, that, that's the angel amen? That's what I believe. I discovered that when you walk in love or you intercede, you're looking out for your brother and sister in Christ, you find a lot of energy, amen? That's what I found. And that's actually where I'm getting at with all of this here in continuing what Papa taught last week. Hallelujah. Notice how Paul identifies, amen, that walking in love with your, with your spouse, amen, unhinders your prayer life. Is everyone listening? You see some verses in scripture where Jesus Christ would say some things. When you bring your offering to the altar, if you have aught against your brother, leave your offering at the altar. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? He understands how sacrifices work. The, the picture in mind is of Cain and Abel, Amen. They both brought forth, they both brought forth, yes, said I right here, something beautiful unto God in the natural. Amen? What did Cain bring? Fruit of the earth, right? Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. Amen? Both are scripturally correct. Hallelujah. You see grain offerings. Amen? You see harvest offerings. Amen? In the scriptures. Hallelujah. But God explained something to Cain. Give me Genesis chapter 4. This is, again, in that same context of measurements and numbers. Precision. Amen? Jesus Christ is worthy. What I saw also when we started worshiping, um, when um, we were rounding up was, he is so worthy that I will consecrate myself. Does that make sense? And so there's a way you see how worthy Jesus is. You want to stop doing some things. There is a way you see how worthy Jesus is. You want to love your brother and sister in Christ because you've seen how worthy he is. 
you want to stop doing that thing you're doing in secret. Does that make sense? Give me, okay, yes. I'm going to start from verse 3. In the process of time, it came to pass. This process of time means that they matured. They developed. Amen? So they were not ignorant um, priests unto God. Because the book of Genesis is very compressed and everything is so um, parabolic and allegorical, if you read this thing literally, you might arrive at conclusions that are inconsistent with what um, Moses saw. Amen? Everything here is very cryptic. So in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the, so the Lord said to Cain, don't you love God? Amen. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Is God asking him a question? The answer is no, right? God wants to show him why he's angry. Or show him the cause of his problem, right? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. It's desirous for you, but you should not rule over it. You should rule over it, right? Hallelujah. Sorry. So God was showing him here. Amen. That ritual... That's he and his brother went through. His brother came out on the efficient end of things. And Cain basically just wasted, amen, that offering. Is everyone listening? There was no response from the Lord that Cain was expecting. Who's ever had that before? You do something spiritual. You don't get what you expected in return, right? That can be kind of painful, right? It says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it is fulfilled, it's a tree of life right rejuvenation amen Cain was expecting something but he wasn't getting it and he was ah, I've been trained in this what is the issue God told him oh this thing here this thing is frustrating what you are doing is everyone listening there are some things amen that we as believers take for granted they actually restrict, they close up the heavens upon us. It's not the sky, it is you. Amen? Can I say something that would help? How many of you know that if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible explains that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. <laughs> the entire Bible says that, right? <laughs> but the Bible doesn't, you know, 1 Corinthians 2 goes into some very scary detail because 1 Corinthians 2 suggests to us that the presence of the Spirit of God inside of you, amen, means that the depths of God, amen, by the depths of God, speaking of God's own heart, God's own mind, amen, God's emotions, is everyone listening? God's feelings, all of them are present inside of you as well. Isn't that what happens, what you call a prophetic gifting? When you spend time in prayer and then you, you find yourself discovering what is in God's heart. It's not what's happening. What's happening is that you are you're actually, for lack of better words, interacting with a reality that is inside of you right now. Is everyone listening? Right now you have access to God's thoughts, his emotions, amen, his heart. Dare I say, because of the spirit of God inside of you, amen, the presence of the spirit of God inside of you means that the heart that you should have is the heart of God. The mind that you should have is the mind of Christ. You see that at the very end of 1 Corinthians 2. Has everyone seen that before? 
we have the mind of Christ. He was not speaking about it in an esoteric form. No, no. Because of the indwelling of the Spirit of God inside of me, I have unrestrained access. The Bible says, we might know the things that have been freely given to us. I remember last year I would pray and ask the Lord, like, how do we access this thing? Because I'm reading the scriptures and they are showing me that a person is inside of me and he looks exactly like Jesus. The person in Colossians chapter 1. I'm checking the scripture and I'm seeing the person that made everything alive inside of me. So how can I be going through this and this and this? Who knows what I'm saying? So these are legitimate questions we need to be asking because if, the Bible says, let God be true, let everyone be a liar, right? So even your own inspections, they have to be passed through the filter of God's truth. If the spirit of God is inside of me, then why is this here? Why, why this, why this, why this? When you trace all of these things, you see inefficiencies. Is everyone listening? There are some things that are hindering access to things that have been freely given to us. I mentioned ignorance before, right? Because of ignorance, you can actually find yourself restraining or frustrating. Jesus Christ said something. You make the word of God, the power of God of no effect by your tradition. It is very important that we take some things very seriously. How seriously? Jesus said, when you bring your offering to the altar, if there is a heart issue, go and take care of that thing. Because God wants you to be successful. God wants you to live his life. Have you read the scriptures before? I don't have my paper Bible thing here. I'll just shake it. Amen. Have you read the scriptures before? You will see all throughout. If you do these things, you'll be prosperous. You'd have good success. Is that a God that wants you to be a failure? God wants you to live his life. God wants us to, and you can see the intention, right? He didn't just, he doesn't just want us to live his life. He made sure that everything we need to live out his life is present. What did he do? You can see Jesus um, last supper. What does, he, what does he say? With great desire. I have desire to eat this meal with you. Why is he saying that? The intention of God for us to live this life. It's, the Bible says the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. He was being arrested, amen? By that zeal of the Lord for humans to finally live out the life of God. And so you see him chugging that cross. Who's, who's watched Passion of the Christ before? When they dropped the cross and he started embracing his cross. And the thief said, you fool, why do you embrace your cross? The fool cannot understand what's at play here, right? In Jesus' mind, the joy set before him was all of us, right? Living this life with ease, the way God desired it to be. Instinctively, the way God desired it to be. Hallelujah. And so we know this because even after he died, he made sure still told his apostles, wait in Jerusalem. He gave them specific instructions. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Why is he saying all of these things? Can you see the intention of God? And that's not all, right? When he ascended up on high, what did he do? Took captivity captive, right? And he gave gifts unto men. So you see apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, all of these resources are being made available for your development, for your experience of the life of God. Is everyone listening? So God's desire for us to experience his life cannot be questioned. It cannot be questioned. The Bible says all promises 
are yes and amen. Therefore, who is this enemy? Who is this enemy? That's what that angel came to say. When I show you, when I show you your enemy, you love your brother and sister. When I show, who understands what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. I feel a prayer pause. Can we posture our hearts towards the Lord? I break, I am breaker, I break, I break. Arande peke sumpa katala namasata. Aranda pakasonte. Asakatala namaresipa. I break, I break, I break, I break. Aranda pakasanta sapataya. Eronte kasupa. I'm super, I'm super, super. I am super, I am super. Aranda pakampada paka super. Super, super. Ah, super. Thank you, Jesus, for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that understand. In the name of Jesus, we come to sight. We come to hearing. We come to understanding. In the name of Jesus, even as by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, let me round this up. Hallelujah. So there are some things in our life. Amen. God wants us to identify all of these things. Some of them are, like we saw before, love walk. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of them are ignorance. Amen. We want to spend time in the scriptures and identify what these things are. Then we want to give ourselves. What does I mean by give ourselves? When we identify, okay, what is, what is denying my experience of my life is that I'm walking in a path that is contrary to that life. I'm not walking in love. I want to now give myself to love. What does that I'm saying? Because I'm now, I'm looking now at a measurement that has been given to me. Is everyone listening? And I now want to fill up that measure. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord?
Francis. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Um, you know, um, a lot of times people um, complain. Okay? Uh, people complain uh, because believers, children of God, are the only group to understand the purpose and the advantage of research and keeping a genealogy. Did you hear? Did you hear? I always say this, that spirits are casting spells on people of God. Now, when you say that, immediately your mind will flash back on the fact that you're a child of God. The mind will flash back, your mind will flash back on the fact that uh, you have the Spirit of God in you, you have the Word, and you know, you have all these miracles and all these things. But yes, you have all these things. But you also have an enemy. Now, children of consider that in reality they know that there's an enemy they have an idea there's an enemy they do not take time yes you know Yeshua said this a long time ago I decided to listen to the wisdom in Yeshua's um, words you know the words in the red letter he said something like this he said when you go to war and you see that the person you want to fight against has more soldiers than you or is more equipped than you. Are you going to continue with the warfare? He said you should send emissaries, send ambassadors on your behalf to go to peace treaty so that that war will not continue. If not, they will just wipe you out. what I'm saying. We are not conscious of the life that we are living. We are not conscious of the life that we have been given to live. The life that you are given, the life of a man, is the life of God. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear what I'm saying? Praise God. Francis had just, uh, by the way, Francis, thank you so much, had mentioned all things that pertain to life and godliness has been given to you. All things. But do you know that believers don't even know that? They don't understand the curriculum of life. The kind of life that you have been given. Now you ought to know the curriculum. I perceive listen satanists politicians people in government know that government belongs to you did you hear every single one of you is carrying government upon his shoulders every single one of us the dominion was handed over to you Yeshua said it this way he said all power has been given to me all both in the heavens 
Okay? Even under the earth. It says, go therefore. How would you execute without understanding? How would you execute without the person of the Spirit of God? How can you live out the life? I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. How? Without understanding that you have an enemy? You know any little thing you say, which is true, he's a liar. But who is giving him access? Who is giving him access? You know it's possible for you to go and do a deal and you think that you succeeded. Meanwhile, have you ever played chess before? <laughs> now you are so excited. You, you thought you had a move and then you make that move. The guy you are playing with just crosses his legs and just watching you enter into a pit. Because he set a trap for you. You didn't know it. You were so excited. There's so much zeal in what you are trying to do that you're not able to check all the different, you get what I'm saying? All the different uh, aspects of the game. And you just push. And this guy just laughs and just, you know, and you are gone. You're out of the game. Are we together, please? Praise God. One thing you must understand is always do a reality check as a child of God. Always. Don't just be in a roller coaster drift. Okay? <laughs> you know, okay, why do we have to keep complaining? Oh, why is my life like this? Why is my life like this? Hello? So what have you done about it? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What have you done about it? You are just busy complaining. And you that is complaining, you have the spirit of creativity inside of you. You have the word of life in you. Francis just reminded us again that let this mind be in you, which was also in the Messiah. So you will have the mind of Christ. Hello? You have that already, but you're not putting it to use. Why? Because they give you something that seems like this is the truth. Yeshua said, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is destruction. I can assure you that every single one of us have an idea of what Christianity ought to be. Every single one of us have an idea of what holiness ought to be. Every single one of us have an idea of what righteousness should be. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that is what is the driving force to what we do every day. I hope you hear what I'm saying. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, or so is he. So how you think should be of utmost importance to you. Did you hear that? Because you have to make advancement. You can't afford to be drifting. 
I hope you hear what I'm saying. You have to be making advancement. You can't afford to just live your life just casually. Do you know you can spend so much time at war and you don't have enough time to plan? Hmm? All the time, you're always fighting. <laughs> you don't have time for assessment. You don't have time for fresh plans. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You don't have time for a break. And all these things are necessary for the, for the life that you have been called to live. Did you hear what I'm saying, please? Praise God. See, you have to come to a point where you should understand I used to be a Gentile. I used to be uncivilized. I had no clue. Okay? Of the commonwealth of Israel. I don't even have the benefit. I didn't even know the benefits. I didn't know about it, let alone the benefits. You hear what I'm saying? Now, if you have been called into the body of Christ... You should know that you are called into a covenant. Okay? And you should know that if you are called into a covenant, that covenant is not you alone. It's a people. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. It's a people. Francis mentioned something. You know, God is not interested in your gifts. When your posture is not right. Did you hear? He's not interested. Okay, what gift are you going to give to him that is going to turn his head upside down? Think about it. Okay? He said, if while you were going to give your gift, it now dawns on you. It didn't just dawn on you. Spirit of God brought it to your remembrance. Okay? Because he's trying to help you. That your brother has ought against you. What did he say? Did he say you should continue that once you just give that offering and God will forgive everything? No. He said, leave your gift at the altar. Go back. What does it tell you? Your relationship with your brother is much more valuable than the gift. Hello. You know when we come to understand what righteousness really is? You know we are going to be... All, all, all our ammunitions will just drop. We just find out that we, they are so uncivilized, so illiterate, so outdated, our righteousness. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear me? When you know what is called righteousness, God's way. Hello. Very easy. I mean, very simple, very easy. That's why it's so important for you to understand how the people of God ought to live. That's why it's important for you to understand the civilization of your life. That's why you see me going back to the people of God, to the Jews, because they are the ones that actually lived out a life and they have a culture and they have a civilization. I hope you hear what I'm saying. If you cannot be your brother's keeper, you already failed. Did you hear? 
if you cannot see that being your brother's keeper is priority, if you are not able to know that being an intercessor for the people of God, if you have not been able to rewrite the content of your heart and give it a posture to love all people, to love all saints. Look at this one. For God so loved the world. Did he, was it the believers that he loved? He did love the believers, his children. But he said, for God so loved the world. So, he loved the world. And because of the love that he had for the world, he gave his... What did you say, sir? I love that. <laughs> you, you know? You know a lot of times we say he gave his only begotten son. He gave himself. Because if he gave his only begotten son, that is finished. It means anything that happened to that one, he's gone. Everything is finished. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. He, gave, he didn't have a second one. He didn't have a third one. He didn't have a fourth one. He had just one. Hello? He had just one. <laughs> and like Pastor Douglas said, he gave himself. <clears throat> All right. Now... He has won you. Now, he's in you. Now, you and him are one. Now, <laughs> you and him are not one. So that both of you can, you know, you know the way you told him, shift. Didn't you do that just now? Didn't you shift? Uh-huh. Is that what God wants to do with you? <laughs> he wants to eat you up. So that only him will be there. What it means is that now that you are a child of God, it's no longer you. I am crucified with Christ. Neither, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ is the one who lives in me. So it's not you anymore. It's not about you. It's not... I, 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 learned, I thank God for what for now. I, I don't know who I was talking with. Pastor maybe. I said, I thank God for what for now. You guys think I'm the one teaching you people. You don't know what what for now has done to me and done for me. Oh, my God. What what for now has done for me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You get that? See, he's in you. Not so that you guys can be competing. So it means that if God so loved the world, guess who else loves the world? You. That's why he says that <laughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? He said, be witnesses unto me. So that took over the whole world, means that he kept on enlarging and enlarging and enlarging, and there was no more space found for any man anymore. It's now God and God alone. 
So I learned that lesson. Not to brag about myself. <laughs> I learned that long. Maybe not too long. I just found out that the whole purpose of this whole thing is he just wants to come and take dominion over you completely. So anything he, you are thinking is not your thoughts or shouldn't be your thoughts, but his thoughts. So if you, want, if you want to give him room to think through you, what should you be doing? Are you supposed to be spending more time in doing things that will not give him room in your mind? Or should you be speeding up so that he can totally consume you? Did you hear? The zeal of the Lord's house has what? Consume me. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear? Okay, why would Yeshua say, the prayer I'm praying right now, okay, I'm praying for these guys that they might have love one for another. Just as you and I. Do you get what I'm saying? So it means that the kind of love, do you know what it is to God's love? The kind of love. Why did they put spirit of God inside of you? What's the purpose? Is it so that when you are passing like this, uh, you know, I'm black saddled. And you fall down. And then you just continue. Everybody will hear. Is that the purpose? What, what about you just passing by yourself? Okay, and then people are falling. And you'll be rushing to try and keep them so that they won't fall. And the more you are touching them, the more they are. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And then you start looking at yourself. And you probably start praying that the Lord should help you to hide more of that. Yeshua said that it is important for the Spirit of God to come. Because if the Spirit of God doesn't come, Okay? He said, if I don't go, the Spirit of God cannot come. So it's important that I go so that the Spirit can come. You guys have enjoyed me. That's fine. You think you're the one who is lonely? You don't think that Yeshua is also lonely? Okay? Or you think what Francis was saying about with much desire, have I desired to have this communion with you? What is communion? This mixture with you. This atonement. I desire to mingle with you and we can become one. So there's a passion from him. And we ought to have passion for him also. See, what I perceive Francis is trying to say is we should be intentional. There should be progress. There should be movement. I hope you hear what I'm saying. There should be progress, intentional progress. I'm not talking about you. Be, you know, sometimes we believers amuse me when I see you doing holy things. I'm amused. 
Okay? Look at it this way. You, you are so holy, unbelievers will run away from you. And then you are so holy, your brothers are upset with you. Why don't you just be, you know, why don't you just live life? Because the life you are called to live is a life of holiness. It's not a life of spookiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. Have you ever seen a dog that before? You, you know how you were uh, talking with Pastor Douglas like suddenly you just say, ah, ah, okay, okay. And you now change. Have you ever seen a dog speaking meow with a cat? And then another dog comes in. They say, ah, shh, shh, shh. woof, woof. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? No. Naturally. Not a put on. Not a pretense. Not a struggle. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is you. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. That is you. Now, okay, check the difference between Yeshua and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the doctors of law. Where do you find Yeshua? <laughs> Among sinners. That's where you always find him. And he's not hanging out with them so that they can all get drunk and let them party and all that stuff. No. He's there to woo them out of where they are. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. But the Pharisees don't want that because they are too holy. And then they see Almighty God and they tell him, say, Almighty God, leave this guy. This one is a tax collector. Leave him. Let, come, come and join us. <laughs> and the Lord is like, what are you talking? This is because of these guys that I came. Did you hear? I didn't come for people like you. You guys think you're too holy. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. I fear spiritual things. What do I mean? Sometimes, if you are not careful, you because you are looking for some things that are too holy, you will miss the holy ones. Did you hear me? Because you are looking, okay, so among all these people now, who is the, who is the sister that is, uh, you know, I like the, that dresses, you know? And then you go for that. But you are seeing things from the eyes of a man. You are not seeing things from the eyes of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are we together, please? You know, Samuel wanted to anoint the sons of Jesse. And he said, oh, of course. This, this, I mean, just look at how he looks. And the Lord said, listen, I don't think the way men think. I'm looking at the heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look for the heart, not the outward part. Look for the heart. You can't find the heart without relationship. You can't find the heart without time. You can't find the heart without giving it. Don't get carried away just by someone's 
Razmataz. Recently, I started watching someone. And I was watching the person. At first, it looked like very nice. At first, very holy. At, after a while, I picked stubbornness by the Spirit. After a while. <laughs> Lord, is it I? <laughs> are, we, are we together, please? Now, is the purpose for judgment? Mm -mm. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to see either which area to pray for or which area to impact. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And you don't have to announce it. Oh, it's what I prayed for you that that won't happen. Hey, you've, Yeshua said you've lost your reward. Do you know how God is? Did you hear me? Please, do you get me? Did you hear that? You know how God is? Don't pick your reward by yourself. He says, your father knows. Let him be the one to reward you. And he won't reward you. He will reward you in secret. He will reward you in secret. He will reward you in secret and it will show openly. Did you hear? He will reward you in secret because why I've said that is does it come openly to wear something on you openly? Huh? So the secret I'm talking about is that as you are walking, okay, even you, that, that's the secret part, even you will not even know that you have moved. Now the open is when the circumstance comes to prove what you have grown into. Then suddenly, even you yourself, the openness is that the openness will not happen to you and happen to. I don't know if I'm making sense. Please. Do you understand me? The Christian walk is so simple that it's very hard. Because we were uncivilized. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And there were things that we find interesting. There are things that we think, oh, it ought to be this. But it's not. We need to know that we are wearing garments. Okay? That needs to be put off. It should be priority in your life. To put off that lifestyle. And you cannot put off that lifestyle because it's going to come to you and show you that I'm still here. So you have to keep relying on the Spirit of God. Did you hear me? Please? You have to keep relying on the Spirit of God. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You have to keep relying on the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, that relying comes with intimate fellowship. Please, as I'm, you know, as I'm going, more things are coming. So that's why it looks like I'm going like this and like that. Okay, please. Listen. Have you ever 
eating something, okay, and you had to throw it out, hmm? has, have you ever seen someone in the hospital and they brought blood for the person and the body refused to take that blood? Have you ever considered that you are carrying the spirit of God in you and the life you are living is not recognizing him? Are you getting what I'm saying? And you are not, you are not bothered about getting into intimacy with him so that you can mingle with him. Because the purpose of him being in you is for intimacy. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Thank you. It's for intimacy. Did you hear me? That's the purpose. And intimacy means mingling. And that mingling means that they will not, they can't separate you from him. After a while, you are, it's not possible to understand which one is the spirit of God and which one is you. Did you hear what I'm saying? Did you hear that? Did you get that? Now, that's the purpose. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the essence of your work of your life. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, if you are not getting there, you cannot remove Babylon without engaging the Spirit of God. Okay? You can't remove Babylon. But as you continue in intimacy with the Spirit of God, Okay? And intimacy with the word of God. I hope you hear what I'm saying. After a while, those things that kept Babylon stuck to your body will not have any foothold. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Okay? And then they start dropping off. Not by force. I don't know if you hear me. Not by your force. I hope you hear what I'm saying. It is a spiritual thing. Did you hear me? It is a spiritual thing because if you use it by force, they will leave you for some time and they will come back. And when they come back, they come back stronger. But when you begin to mingle with the Spirit of God, are you getting me? As you engage the Spirit of God, and engage the word of God, what happens is that you, they, you, there's a decking. I, I don't know if you hear. There's a decking. You know, there's a clothing. I hope you hear what I'm saying. That with that clothing, that other life, that other way, are you getting what I'm saying? Will not be able to find expression anymore. I don't know. Am I making any sense, please? Okay. How would you consider that being knit together as people of God means righteousness? Why is it so important to God? Why is it that when the Lord finds out that you have love for the people of God, 
they now begin to look for how to give you more strength of the spirit. When I heard of your love, faith in the Lord Yeshua, number one, and your love for the saints, it's not a play. That is a requirement for the entrance of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You are wearing an orange shirt. What were you wearing in the morning? Orange shirt? Huh? That's what you wore in the morning. When you woke up from your bed. <laughs> A few minutes ago, I wasn't wearing this one. Huh? So I could just take this off and put on something else, right? But that's not what we're talking about. If you are not able to understand that if I do this and do this, this would happen to me. Hmm? If you are not able to understand that if I do this and do that, and look at what Francis was saying. A man just walked past and heavens opened for someone else. <laughs> Lester Somra. One day he went to, into an Indian... Uh, an Indian temple and spend the night there. I'm like, what are you going there to go and do? What are you going there to do? <laughs> Can you go inside Indian temple? <laughs> Me, even the smell of their, their incense and snakes moving around the whole place is, eh. I can't stay there. But the guy went in there, spent the night, did what he wanted to do and came out. Sadhu. Went into a, a, an Indian temple and did prayer walk inside there <laughs> and came out. There was this other lady, what's her name? Cindy something. The one that was formerly. Uh, no. Honey. No. There was another lady. The one that's. Uh, no. This other lady that was formerly. That was a witch. Uh, with, that lady. Nancy Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord told her to go into one uh, nightclub or something like that. As she was entering there, they were spitting on her. They were ejaculating on her. They were doing all manner of evil incantations. She just continued obeying. And went in there. And I think she said something. or She just made a proclamation and then left. And she was abusing herself for not doing what God told her to do. It was after how many years. She now met the queen of that place. She was in another meeting. And that woman came to meet her that you don't know me. That you, <laughs> you were in such and such a place. And you did such and such a thing. And after that, I dropped everything and here I am, I'm a believer now. Meanwhile, she has been thinking that she didn't, do you, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Are we together, please? So what am I trying to say in all this? You are not, it's not just, you know, 
Joshua or Michael or Adama and stuff like that. After a while, it will no longer be Adama again. After a while. I hope you hear what I'm saying. After a while. Did you hear? Your, the purpose, okay, and we must understand this. The purpose of our walk is to equip ourselves with the nature of God. It's funny when I say that because already you have the nature of God. <laughs> Do you understand? They put it in you. Are, are we together? They put it in you. Okay. <laughs> Do you know you can eat a bowl of amala, big bowl of amala, eh? with uh, a wedu and uh, okra? By the time you finish eating, before it starts digesting, your tummy will start running and you go out and send it out. So did you benefit from that? Nothing. Did you hear what I said? Nothing. So it's possible for you to hear stuff. Okay? It's possible for you to hear stuff. It's possible for you to even carry it for a while in excitement for a while. And after a while, it fizzles out. So you are not able to, that's why David says, teach my fingers to war. Now, what does it mean to teach your finger to war? Is it so that uh, you can uh, be able to punch somebody? Uh-uh. It means that ability to handle stuff. Did you hear what I'm saying? That you should, it should be part of your prayer that God should give you that ability that when you hear, it, it's of great value to you and it, you, you would begin to live that life and it will become your nature. It will become your personality. become your person. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. And there is a progress. After a while, after a while, it will no longer be, this is how Francis does his things. It will now be, this is how Yeshua. Do you get what I'm saying? This is how, why? Because he has worn stuff. I don't know if I'm making sense, please. I'm still hammering on this brotherhood. 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 Do you know how difficult it is to pray for your brother? You know how hard it is for you to carry your brother's burden on your heart. Not as a church assignment, but as a, a natural Can I find words for this now? You know when Paul will say necessity has been what? is laid on me. You know what it means for you to come before God and say, I want to be accost so that these people can be saying, what kind of a person is that? What do you know? What is the depth of your knowledge that would make Moses to say, these people, instead of you to wipe them out, wipe me and my generation out, 
Now, that guy wasn't playing. He was giving himself. So, it means the way Yeshua was willing to give himself to die so that you and I can call, resurrect. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the resurrection is for your justification. Did you hear what I'm saying? No, let me, I hope you hear what I'm saying. Your, his resurrection is proof that you actually... Did you hear that? Did you get that? How and what will it take for us to begin to have this kind of passion? Then God can see partners. Then God can be rest assured. He can go to sleep. I don't know if you hear. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand what it means for Uriah to say, how can I go to my house? Uriah was not a, a Jew. He wasn't an Israelite. He was a Hittite or something like that. You get what I'm saying? He was a Hittite, right? He said the Ark of the Covenant is at war. So it means that I can't be on my bed with my wife. Instead of me to do that, let me suffer this pain and stay at the king's gate. Oh, okay. You think he was just hanging out with the boys at the gate? Oh, you think there was no intercession for the people of God at war? Did you hear? Why was the Holy Spirit so particular about this guy? Isn't it funny that, okay, why didn't Uriah mistakenly forget or misplace that note that was going to kill him. Is it not possible for the Spirit of God to cause him to forget? How come the Spirit of God allowed everything to com be completed? And then came back and said, you killed that guy. <laughs> and he was watching everything. People of God, we have work to do. Did you hear? We have work to do. You can't do that work without growing into a lifestyle or into a nature. I'm not talking about what you do. Coming to clean the floor, coming to arrange the chairs, coming to do all these things, I mean, they are fantastic because if not, we won't have where to sit, correct? That's not what we're talking about. That one is not, that one is just by the way. That, in fact, it's not what I should be asking you to do. That's just by the way. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm talking about those aspects of life. I hope you hear what I'm saying, that you and I, there should be that desire to live out this life. Whether people are watching or people are not watching. Hmm? Okay? Whether people are watching or they are not watching. What would you do if I hurt you? Once. 
twice. Three times. And that same circumstance, okay, that you give me, okay, is still made available for me. And up till now, I still have not realized that I'm hurting you and I'll hurt you again. What would you do? I don't know if I'm making any sense, please. Because you can't afford to stand aloof and watch me hurt you over and over again. And I'm not saying you should tell me. What about intercession? I don't know if I'm making sense, please. Do I make sense, please? Because there are kind of things that you can do. I have two examples. One is Yeshua. Another one is, uh, what's that guy? Stephen. Both of them were at the point of death. You think Stephen just said, Father, forgive them because he remembered the scripture? Hmm? You think he remembered what happened to Yeshua and he decided to quote the scripture? No. It's something that had grown inside of him. Did you hear? The stones are not the pebbles we have outside. It's not. The stones, in fact, the last stones are boulders. In fact, the stoning is they hit you to, you know, break your bones, destabilize you, okay, and they continue hitting you, okay, and they smash your head, okay, and then the bigger stones are to bury you. That is what it means when they stone you. They don't stone you and part of your shirt is still showing. <laughs> When they finish stoning you, you are covered. As they were stoning Stephen, he was looking up. Did you hear? And he was interceding for those who stoned him. Do you know? Uh, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Now look at, okay, did Stephen continue? Okay, if he had a wife, did he have children? Okay? What about his lineage now? So you see that his lineage has changed from natural lineage to what? Spiritual lineage. And his first son is Shaul. <laughs> Did you hear? His first son is Shaul. Paul. So imagine Paul's father. Did the Bible talk about his natural father? Huh? They just say soul of Tarsus. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he was born first. Okay, a record, yes. Okay, what is it? Okay, I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear me? 
So the first person, okay, the, the Bible even say Saul or Paul, the son of Stephen. So where will they collect that crown? Now, it means that the rest of the students of the New Testament all came from that. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Was his death worth the while? So it means that the kind of love that you are to have for the saints is that while they are killing you, you should be praying for them. I don't know if that makes sense. It's the same thing that happened to Yeshua. The people that were killing him were the people he was interceding for. He said, do not lay this charge on them. So there is something that we all have to grow into. Those are the things we should be working hard to grow into. My message today is the focus on brotherhood. 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 <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> that's not working. Walking in love is not what you do once. You understand what I'm saying? It's you continue until you fizzle out. You love and love and love and love hate out of your system. People of God, you are in a covenant. Did you hear? You are in a covenant. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And there are laws that govern the covenant. I hope you hear what I'm saying. There, there's The covenant teaches you a life. I hope you hear what I'm saying. It teaches you a life. It teaches you, teaches you a way of living. Okay? It teaches you a way, all the different aspects of life. That covenant shows you. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Are we together, please? You have something you want to say? Okay. Thank you, Papa. Um, while we are talking about the walking in love and how it can transform us, then there was this image that played in my head um, in line with your explanation. So I saw myself having a grudge with someone and there is this thing of even if we as believers offend another believer, the other believer still has to forgive compulsorily as an instruction. That is on working in love. So I saw that, okay, in when I find time or when I give myself to yielding to God, working in love, doing the things of God, 
the impurities, the things that are not of God, while I take my steps, they wear out and light is covering those parts as the spare parts, which is from God. So the more I walk, the more I become the light. The light that is in me now finds its own expression outside me. So that was the entire image that I played in my head. The starting point is obeying instructions. The purpose for or of obeying those instructions is not so that you can be an obedient person. I hope you hear what I'm saying. But so that your nature will change into the life of obedience. Did you hear that? Uh, do you get that? Did you hear that? I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Like this guy, if I slap him now, see, see, as I did now, you know, you guys didn't see, you guys didn't see what happened, okay? He didn't do like this. Some other people could do like that, but his eye did like this. But you know, there's a level it will get to. If I did that like this, now he, he still blinked. You get what I'm saying? That blinking is as a result of that movement. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying, but you know, you can. Give that slap so much that he will fall on the ground. He will receive the slap. Okay? And still stand up and sit down. His face will not change from what it was before if he was smiling. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm trying to pull out the natural aspect of our obedience to God's word. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you get what I just said? I'm trying to pull out because there is, you see, as you are here now, that hair that is growing, okay? <laughs> Did you tell the hair to come out? The hair is just moving out by its own self. There's something that is feeding that hair inside you. It's natural. It's in your gene. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you get that? Now, just as your natural body has the ability to be fruitful or matured, so also your spiritual person would begin to mature. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And the purpose of the maturity of your spirit being is to overtake the maturity of your natural being. I don't know if you get that. Did you hear what I'm saying? Because you are not complete yet. Your final state, you know when they say to the glory of God, he lived a life. No, that's not it. He didn't live a life. You live a life when you have transcended or transited from the natural being to the spirit being. I hope you hear me. Because that is your final destination. And that spirit being is the nature of God. Did you hear? Did you hear that? What do you have to say? Yeah. Quick, because um, what I just got from everything is uh, Revelation 1, the revelation of Jesus that God gave to his servant. And Galatians 1.16, he said, when he pleased the Father to reveal his son in me. 
So from everything you, you're saying is the revelation of Jesus out of me. Now, you said the end goal of our work is, the purpose of our work is to be equipped, is to equip ourselves with God's nature. And you said something, you said it's not as if we have the nature of God, but it is not yet being revealed. It is not yet manifesting. So Galatians 2.20 says, nevertheless, I live yet not high. But now there is still the me that is still living. But the end goal is that Jesus be revealed. So according to what uh, Apostle, Peter, Apostle Paul said, that you are our epistle. So me literally walking, Jesus is walking. There's something Pastor Francis said two months ago during Mechizedek uh, priesthood. He said something. He said the end goal of the believer is that as you are doing something, people will say that is Jesus doing it. Now, another person does something, or even you, they say, oh, that is the Holy Ghost. Another person does something, oh, that is the Father. It is not as if, and you say something, we are not in competition with the Father. It's just of his own will he begat us, and he has made us as he is. So the end goal is allowing that thing that is on my inside, like um, what Pastor Francis said during Watchman, that what makes the tabernacle tabernacle is the temple, is the testament. And the testament is the word of God. So it is me allowing the word of God that I am born with to manifest. Glory to God. Thank you. Victor, what say you? Um, what I have to say is that, okay, what I have to say is that love is perfect. It does not need um, the validation of anybody. Like people say it has to be mutual. It is a perfect character that we have to display. Um, I drew this reference from First Corinthians chapter 13, where it says, Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, although I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be born, but have no love, this place is actually questioning, how will I give my body to be born and still not have love? And it now went on to say, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. It's not provoke. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Hallelujah. All I see is um, a posture, like you said. It's a posture that we learn to. We learn to express. You learn to become. We learn to become, yes. It's a posture we learn to become. And I have seen, um, I've seen um, processes of how it is that people they start up with, um, like in the church, they start up with liking uh, or loving people. That is, um, they see the way people do things and they are moved with it, like to help people. But then just because there is no returning back, like I'm not reciprocating that thing, like it just fizzles out. But we need to come to the understanding that we just have to keep on, like you said, love. If you show me love, I don't respond. You show me love, I don't respond. You show me love, I don't respond. After a while, you decide to stop. You were weakened 
by my not showing you love. It means you haven't gotten to that place where you are love. Did you hear? Because the love that we are called into is unconditional, is agapo. It's not the love that waits for a response. It's the love that keeps giving and 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 giving. You understand? It doesn't have any time when the there's no longer any love to give. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Actually, the more you give, the more the, the volume of the love increases. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Did you hear what I'm saying? So it's not subject to the reciprocity of the other person. I don't know if that is the correct word. Is that the correct word? Did I say this? Sometimes let me speak some big words too. You know? <laughs> Are we together? Uh -huh. So it's, if it's your nature, then that's all you have. Such as I have. Give I unto you. I don't have. Do you get what I'm saying? What you're asking for, I don't have. What I have is, I have life. I don't have silver or gold. Okay? I don't have it. So, what I have, can I give it to you? You want it? Okay, stand up and walk. Did you hear that? Did you get I like what you said. Please, put it to heart. You continue to give because you are love. That is who you are. You don't give because you have love to give. Having love to give is good. But being love means that that's the only thing you have to give. I don't know if you hear. That's all you have. Now, if that's all you have, then you are a true son of your father. Because your father, too, is love. God is love. Praise God. One or two more people, then we'll just close. Is that okay? One or two? Hello, sir. Let's hear you. What say ye? Praise the Lord. Yeah, um, he, he had already said what I had in mind about, you know, you loving people and they are not loving you back in response. But I wanted to talk about um, forgiveness. I think what my brother said the other time, I just want to buttress. Um, me personally, um, there are times that maybe when people, um, maybe... Um, People offend, offend me, and um, I just feel like, okay, whenever I just put that person on my mind, like, okay, I'm not going to forgive the person, there's a kind of um, spirit in me that won't give me peace, even within my family. But once I, you know, forgive the person, immediately the kind of, you know, peace just reigned inside me, and... Um, Immediately, I feel like, okay, I think, uh, apart from um, give, uh, forgiving people, being biblical, it's just something normal. If you're not forgiving people that, you know, offend you or offend you, 
the, the, the kind of peace that you'll be expecting in your mind, you, you will be unable to find it. But me personally, when I forgive people, you know, immediately I have peace. Because if, if I'm not forgiving them, at times, you know, um, uh, naturally, like, let me say, my BP will be on an increased side. I don't think maybe I don't I don't maybe I don't know maybe you get what I'm trying to say. But you maybe should. I forgive, I have a kind of peace in my mind. Praise God. Praise God. Now let me say something. The issue of forgiveness should be priority in the life of a believer. Because it is the it's in the prayer, Yeshua's prayer. You understand that? You know, Yeshua's prayer is the life of a believer. That prayer is not the Lord's prayer. It's the prayer of the saints. Or the life of the saints. I don't know if you hear. Because it says, I've forgiven others. So I'm in the position where forgiveness is mine. Did you hear? Do you know that if we actually live this life, eh, this world will be a different place? I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You know, we as believers, we keep some and give some. <laughs> Do you get? Let me quickly just say that, you know, there are some who say, "Okay, every other one I agree with, but this one, eh? But this one, oh, ah, I beg, or more, <laughs> give her a microphone." You see, if it is your life, forgiveness and love go together. Did you hear that? Forgiveness and love. Anyone who loves works in forgiveness. I like the concept where Francis always comes from. You understand? I like, what did you say? Yes. Yes. Give her a microphone, please. By how we react to the way people treat us. There's no greater measurement than how you react to the way I treat you, how you react to the way someone else treated you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That goes a long way to ex, you know, express the measurement of our love. You know, how we cover one another, not openly, but in our hearts. Because how you cover people in your heart determines how you respond to their offenses towards you. Do you understand? If we make excuses for people, if we see weaknesses, where they are coming from, the, the, the trials they've gone through, you know, what it has brought them to, and the kind of person it has made them to become, and then how we want to help them to become somebody else, you know, if you are in a position to help. If you're not in a position to help, at least you're in a position to pray. So how we respond, the measurement of how, how much love somebody else, if I want to check Pasuche's love now, or I'm, I'm, I'm close to him, I'm able to see 
his responses. Okay, it's not just what he does outwardly. That's what that First Corinthians 13 is saying. I can give my goods to the poor. It's not that, that's not the measurement of my love. Okay? I can give my body to be burned. That's not the measurement of my love. Do you understand? The measurement of your love, you and God, and maybe anybody within your 24-hour circle can actually measure your love based on your, you yourself, really. Let's forget about anybody. Okay? What, what, what does your heart, how does your heart respond to people's stones? Because that stones my husband was talking about is not natural stones right now. They've abolished the law of stoning. But people are still stoning. People are still stoning. They stone with words. They stone with rejection. They stone with thoughts. They stone with attitudes. They stone with eyes. They stone with eyes. They stone, they stone with shutting doors at you. They stone with malice. Those are stones. So how we respond to those things is how we measure our love work. And we're able to see where we're inadequate and then trust God to, you know, overcome um, those inner secret chambers of the heart of a man that has a way in manifesting in our eyes, where we tighten our, you know, squeeze our face, change our body movements, but we don't see anything. You know, so for me, that's, those are areas where I pay attention to myself to see how I'm making progress in my love work. Because my love work is not necessarily determined by I won't give you rice. Sometimes I won't give you rice means love. If you want to train someone in a certain way because you love the person, you deny the person certain things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So, But if my love is always measured by give me, give me, give me, give me. You will fail the skill. You will fail, you know, you won't, you won't get it. Praise God. So, Mama, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm he I heard what you said. Eh? You know that my colleague, that special one. Eh -heh. So, because we walk, am I loud enough? Because we walk in close, you know, whatever. I I have forgiven her. I've shown her so much love that sometimes she's she's quaky. You can see it, but she's still she's just bent on getting on my nerves. And I've gotten to this point where I'm just like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm trying to understand. Now she goes and cooks for me. This is the second time. The first time was planting because she knows I like planting, fried planting to be precise. Then the second one, she cooks soup and she brings to me. I can't eat those things because I already know the posture of her heart. It's, it's shaky. It's not straightforward. So here is my question now. I have forgiven her. I don't have anything against her. But I can't just go back to the way we were before where I was really just open. I'm very conscious of her that she's not really stable. Is it a sin that I'm being that way? or Because I, I don't just see myself going back to the way it was before she started doing all those things she was doing. 
So is it a bad thing I'm doing? Am I am I now getting off the love walk? Or I don't know. But I just feel like since I'm not really being myself 100% with her in the sense of just, I don't know how to explain it, but I love her and I'm forgiving her. But I just don't see myself like that towards her anymore. So that's it. Praise the Lord. Okay. Do you have something to say? I'll say something. It's okay, I'll, I'll use this. <laughs> Praise God. Um, you see, one of the things we have to understand is that we're growing. Okay? We're growing. And admit to yourself, the, to the measurement of your growth level. What, what pisses me off is, you know, we putting ourselves where we have not grown into. Yes. You know, putting ourselves where we have not grown into. Not admitting, I haven't gotten here. But this is where I am right now. But I'm going here. Do you understand? It's easier for people to deal with you than to push that where you are is the peak. Meanwhile, the the um, the inadequacies... Okay, I'm sorry. The inadequacies are just so clear. Do you understand? So because you are growing, you have not yet been perfected in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. That's the evidence of perfect love. It's fear. That you have been perfected in love. So the fear, fear of her killing you will not be there. Because number one, she lacks the power to do that to you. She lacks the power to kill you. But because you are still a child, so the Holy Spirit can tell you, don't eat that food. It's not because at the law of perfection of Christ, if Christ eats poisoned food, poisoned food will kill him. How? Do you understand what I'm saying? It can't. It should not. So the peak of our journey is actually love. That's the the, the, that's what the Bible says, right? That's what the, the, uh, 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 the perfection is love. So when we are perfected in love, all fear will go. The reason why Lester Sumra can enter an Indian temple is because he has been perfected in love. He went there. He knows that those things have no ability to harm him. But somebody who is still maturing, the Lord will tell the person, don't go that way. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Don't go that way. Don't eat this food. Don't eat that food. Don't do this. Don't. Paul said something. He said, for we know that the idols of this world is nothing. So he put down a love, a love rule. He said, you that you have been perfected in love. And you know that eating food sacrificed to idols means nothing. He said, because of the conscience of your brother. That your brother who is still weak in the faith. His conscience will not be weakened because he saw you eating food offered to idols. Meanwhile, he has fear of idols in his heart. He'll follow you and go and eat and he'll come under condemnation. He said, because of him, I'd rather not eat meat until I die. Do you see? Now, these are the wisdoms that, you know, those who are matured have. So, I can't tell you now that you are wrong keeping a distance because... There are certain things you have not been perfected in. When you, when you are perfected in them, you would see the way you will relate with her will be different. Do you understand? Aha, uh -huh. because she can give you food. I know about a brother way, way back, back, back in the day, the days we used to um, hang out with Israel. 
He told us about a particular brother whose uncle is a wizard, a sorcerer, and who they know hates them badly. And they went to the guy's house, and the guy gave him food to eat. And he knew that under normal circumstances, he shouldn't eat that food. And the uncle was watching to see whether he would eat it. When he started eating the food, the uncle that gave him the poison food was, became afraid. <laughs> he just said, bring the food and we eat it. And the guy ate it. And he's still alive till today. And he did not, he was not hindered in progress in life in any way. Why? There's something that guy entered into. There's something he has entered into. So, Bible says that we may abound more and more in love with what? Knowledge. Knowledge. So, there's an abundance that we display because of knowledge. You will keep growing. As you acquire more knowledge, you'll be strengthened. As you acquire more knowledge, you'll be strengthened. Do you understand? There's a certain time in, you, in, the, in your growth life, the Lord will not ask you to stay away from certain people. Because whenever you are in their midst, they'll keep offending you. But after you've grown in a certain way, when you are in their midst, if they spit at you, mm -hmm, will he now tell you to stay away from them again? No. You now become an ambassador of Christ in their midst. So when Paul was saying, for we are ambassadors of Christ, it's not the Corinthian church he was talking about. He was talking about himself and those in his state. And he was sent to them to reconcile them to God. The people he was sent to reconcile them to God are already believers. Hallelujah. Did I answer Praise your God. question? Praise the Lord. Now, it's important for you to see how she started. Can I add she one? Talked to, okay, just let me finish. You understand? You know, one time the Bible said that Yeshua did not give himself to man, for he knew what was in man. You get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Now, listen to what she said. Not knowing or being able to access your growth can be detrimental because you will do stuff that you ought not to. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. The reason why um, a chicken or a bird can enter a trap is because it's not able to know. You understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So knowledge from what she's saying is very key. So growing in knowledge, okay? I mean, someone like um, Yohanan, Apostle John, they tried every way to kill him. Did they succeed? No. Why? Because he had grown into. All right? Praise God. Go ahead, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, that forgiveness and, and fellowship, they're actually two different things. Praise God. Okay. Amen. Okay. What I want to uh, advise, just keep loving. After a while, there'll be restoration of fellowship. Praise God. To restore fellowship and forgiveness, they're not the same thing. Forgiveness can be very instant, but for fellowship to be restored, it takes some time. So as you keep loving, before you know it, there'll be a restoration of fellowship. Praise God. That's actually what? You know, yeah. Fellowship amongst 
Yeah, fellowship the amongst the brethren. Yeah. The celebration of fellowship with the hidden. The hidden. Yeah, you're you not even supposed to be in a fellowship with the hidden. You are not supposed to be in a fellowship with the hidden. Is he a child of God, the person? No, you're not. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? See, I, I learned some lesson. I heard a friend of mine told me that the, the people of this world are under satanic um, governance and rule. Okay? And they can't stop coming against you because they can't help it. They are under the supervision of a master. Did you hear? So what he was saying about restoration of fellowship is restoration of fellowship amongst brethren, which is different from this guy is just colleague in the office. I just want us to be able to judge rightly. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You know, putting things in proper perspective. Did you hear? So there's a difference. If it's a believer, it's a different thing altogether. It's a different approach. If it's an unbeliever, it's a different approach. And it de de demands specific kind of development or growth. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's a different thing altogether. That's what I'm trying to say. Did you hear what I'm saying? It's not what you use to judge. I mean, the Romans were not believers. They tried to kill Apostle John, but he was living a different life and a commission, and the purpose of his living that life was for a ministry, which is writing the book of Revelation. I don't know if I'm making sense. Do you get what I'm saying? Some of the things that she's saying we, you know, it, it demands teaching. In fact, I felt that I should ask her to come and do a teaching. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. So that proper understanding can come and we can be able to place things appropriately. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Uh -huh. I remember uh, uh, my cousin was telling me of his girlfriend's mother. Okay? Her father was messing up and all that stuff. And one of the women that her father was messing up with came and said, I will slap you. She said, slap me now, if you, if you can. And the woman actually slapped her. And because she heard that Yeshua said you should give them the other cheek, she gave the woman the other cheek, and the woman slapped her again. That's stupidity, because you don't know. You are trying to follow a law that you don't know. You are not used to it. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Paul gave King Saul, gave uh, David his armor. Did he use it? He said, I don't know this. I haven't tried it. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. I haven't tried this one. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Praise God. Where's Pastor Douglas? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Okay, let's just um, let just respond to the word briefly. Let us um, you know, respond to the word of God. How God have um, you know, minister to you personally, just in three or five minutes. Let's do that. You know, the focus today is how we walk in love, responding to the laws of God. The laws of God changes us, transforms us. We don't respond to darkness, but we respond to light. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we give you praise. We thank you for instruction of life. We thank you for commandment of life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for instruction of life. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Honor to you, Lord Jesus. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, beyond what was said, you will interpret this word in our hearts. You will establish this word in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. Thank you for the spirit of revelation and understanding. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we bless the bread and we bless the wine. We ask, O God, as we take the bread and drink the wine, we pray for increase of your life in us. We pray for sight. We pray for understanding. In the name of Jesus. And if there's anyone seeking our maze, Father, we thank you for healing. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can come out and take the communion. After we have shared the grace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So please let us sit for full announcement. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we have, um, I'm seeing my brother. You're welcome. What's the name, sir? Okweyemi. You're welcome. Hallelujah. This is preparing fellowship. Hallelujah. It's nice seeing you. Amen. Amen. So we meet here every Saturday. We meet here every Saturdays and Thursdays. Um, Saturday like this, preparing is bright. Why Thursdays is a Mekizedek school of priesthood. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's remember um, on Thursday we are meeting again. Like I said um, last week, most of us are not used to 
we're not used to, you know, coming for meeting regularly. I believe that is a culture we must form this season. I can assure you, just hearing one message cannot fully, just coming for one meeting cannot fully establish us. Hallelujah. So, um, let's make it a culture, let's make it a tradition. How to follow on, you know. It's very, very important. And even um, after leaving, let's, um, let's, uh, let's find a way of listening to the messages again and again and again. Most of you may think that you've heard everything. But by the time you're listening, you discover that something that you didn't hear in the meeting. That's why you are present. Hallelujah. So, and um, Akriva's um, river in the morning. So, let's... Um, Let's ensure we join. And, um, you know, every morning, amen. And we have what for now? Uh, open book. Uh, open book is Tuesdays. The word for now is Monday and Wednesdays. Play, praise God. I know that um, uh, this is not new to us. I, I don't think, any, except my brother here, I don't think there's any of us that doesn't know the activity we had. So, we just want to remind you, remind us again and again and again, so whether we can, you know, be part of what God is doing with us in this season. Praise God. Okay, let's stand to our feet as we as we share the grace. So if you have your offering, um, you can give your offering, either in dollar and pounds, you can give, and you can equally give um, through the uh, bank account. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. We we'll give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Can we just go ahead and say, Father, we thank you for today. We appreciate you from the depth of our heart. Thank you. Thank you for your help, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay, can we share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit abide and remain with us now forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and His mercies is following us all the days of our lives, and we are the house of the Lord, even now and forevermore. Amen. Please, can we welcome our brother specially? Just let's welcome to him.